This episode is brought to you by DecaComp. DecaComp is the programming of the co-host of this podcast, the world-renowned athlete and coach, Michelle Letendre. And for the month of May, she's offering 25% of the Hustle programming. Hustle is the, the home version HIIT workout, fully scalable for body weight movement. So if you're still confined at home, it's the best programming you could have. She's offering 25% off with the code Hustle More. And also, if you're an affiliate owner here in Quebec, she's offering 20% off the box programming. So as soon as you can reopen your gym, you can have 20% off the programming with the code DECA, D-E-K-A-Q-C, DECA, Quebec. Represent. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Stay fit, stay healthy, and have a nice episode, everyone. Hey everyone, Greg here. Hope you're well, enjoying spring, living the dream. Yes, I'm here by myself alone this week. Michelle won't be joining us. Unfortunately, she'll be back next week. And we might have some of these uh, interviews slash episodes where I'm by myself or Michelle is by herself. Uh, we're grown-ups, so I'm guessing we can do this type of stuff. Um, yes, we're a duo. We want to do most of our content all together. But still, there's going to be some interviews that might be um, more interesting uh, as one-on-ones. And that is the case today. I'm super happy, super humbled of having, uh, by having, sorry, got lost in translation there, by having a man I respect a lot. And um, this guy's Jared Truby from Cat and Cloud Coffee in Northern California. Um, Jared is a guy, an entrepreneur. He's uh, also a CrossFit athlete. He's a host of the Cat and Cloud Coffee podcast with his business partner, Chris Baca, who's also um, who's a former national barista champ in the U.S. So, uh, yeah, these guys are super entertaining. And you know what? I the first time I heard from these guys was actually by uh, some friends that told me, hey, these guys have also a coffee company and one of them does CrossFit. So you should probably uh, listen to them. And I started listening to their podcast every week. And funny story, uh, first time I got in touch with those guys. Uh, sure, I know Jared and Chris have heard uh, of me by uh, a lot of friends like Tommy and Lance and Kelly and all of those people who... Um, each and every single time they set foot in their uh, in their shop, they buy coffee for me and bring it to me uh, anywhere in the world. So uh, yeah, that's that's probably the first time we got in touch together. And last year, uh, I went down to Boston with uh, my business partner Jesse um, and also a, a bunch of coffee friends from uh, from Montreal. And uh, the SCA is the Specialty Coffee Association. They do an expo every year, except in 2020, unfortunately. And uh, it, it's like a big powwow of all the coffee people in the world. And the first people we see when we set foot in Boston are, guess who? Jared and Chris and all of their team at Cat and Cloud Coffee. So, uh, yeah, we had our first uh, meeting there, a little chat since then. We've been uh, in touch on uh, on Instagram, on social media. I'm still following what they do every day. Um, they, w- you'll see in the interview, they set the example 
of what it is to be a business owner. And I, I, I like Jared's thinking. I like their mission. And I have uh, a lot of respect for, for what they do. So, And also, they inspired me. Uh, they, they helped, without even knowing, they helped us at Traffic Coffee uh, getting better in everything we do. And um, they've also been an inspiration of launching actually this podcast with Michelle. So um, it's only natural of having Jared as one of our first guests. And uh, enjoy the chat, everyone. Hope you like it. Give us comments. Give us reviews on um, what's it called? The application iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts. Wow, I sound like a like a boomer that doesn't know his. Uh, <laughs> his apps so yeah give it give us reviews subscribe to our podcast hope you enjoy this uh chat that i had with uh my man my dude jared truby so yeah thanks for taking the time man oh of course appreciate it I'm, i'm sure i'm sure you're pretty busy even though everyone's in confinement right now uh as you're a father entrepreneur um so the days might be filled with uh, e- even even more filled than than usual. No. Oh yeah, it's pretty. It's actually pretty busy. I mean, we still have three out of our four cafes open for walk up service and plenty to do. So filled like if I'm not physically doing something, I am mentally working or I'm on on calls like this. So it, it's a lot for sure. Yeah. Um, so three cafes that are still rolling. You guys. Uh, well, I feel like you guys have a successful coffee roasting business, uh, shipping internationally. You guys, I think, set the example for the coffee roasters out there. Uh, we're not just going to talk about coffee on this podcast, but I feel like you guys um, are are setting the tone for, for everyone. Um, how... How has everything been so far? I know you put up a fight with the uh, federal government or the prevent, uh, not the provincial, the state uh, authorities to keep being open and do takeout and actually sell bags to everyone. Yeah, that was, that was tough. We got that going. So we're essential. That's cool. Um, we got some of the government money, but in general, you know, it's just been tough. We're, we're pretty resilient as a company and adaptable. So our team is pretty amazing. Um, those who felt safe enough to work, you know, we've, we've masked up, we sanitize like before and after like people's credit cards, all that stuff, um, gloves, the whole nine. So we put the plexi up. We're doing all right. I think, I think we did it all well. Um, and then the sad part, you know, like a lot of places in, in the States, at least we had to lay off, you know, most of our team. And the good news is, is we've become busy over the few weeks that we've been able to hire back some of them. And so, uh, out of the 75, 77 people we had on staff, we have 40 ish back, which I'd consider pretty great. So, you know, not perfect, but doing what we can, I'd consider it a success and we're limping through in a way where it looks like, you know, we're not going to go out of business. So. Yeah. Which is uh, which is a very good news and uh, everyone's fighting for their, uh, their business life actually for, uh, for what they they've built in the past years uh, right now. Do, do you feel, do you feel that cat and cloud is going to come out stronger of that? Did you learn about you and Chris and, um, and your other business partner? Charles. Which, yeah, yeah. Charles, uh, the, did you guys learn about yourselves as a team, how to work together, how to be better? It's happening. Yes, we will come out stronger, but it is, it is quite the journey. It's a really cool opportunity to get essentially the, 
time stops in a way, right? And you kind of get to reframe every single thing that you do um, and then look at what's the most important on the other side of this. So it's all in process right now. And it's been really, really good for communication and working through things. But also, you know, it's difficult in all the ways. You have to face those demons, see the things that had gone really well just because things go well. And then you get to see the holes that you couldn't see when things were going well and work yeah. through those. So it's an incredibly awesome opportunity. I wouldn't say it's easy, but it's totally going to be worth it. And it will make our company stronger for sure. Yeah, for sure. There was probably some uh, painful conversations to have with your team. Say, hey, guys, we're going to lay you off. I've had this conversation also, um, you know, and but I think, uh, as you said, I think we're going to come out stronger uh, and, and grow. And so some people uh, are going to blossom from that some other unfortunately are going to have to close their doors we saw it with crossfit gyms as well uh that had to actually close permanently which sucks but anyway we learned that that, yeah we learned that coffee is an essential thing in north america which uh, is something that we <laughs> probably never doubted uh but i, I feel like uh, it's getting coffee it's getting i don't know about you i'm sure it's the same but it's getting coffee in more new people that didn't yeah. know about the company uh, mm -hmm. that, that want to buy local stop buying from Starbucks, stop buying from these multinational uh, companies and actually learn that there's actually entrepreneurs that when they get an email that because a new order just came in, they're like, fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's definitely one of my favorites is seeing new guests come through and, and, and actually one of my best, one of the best lines I got recently was like, a guy who used to go to Starbucks only and he had an epic experience. And then the second day he came back is all, just want you to know that I used to talk a lot of trash about you guys and I take it all back. You guys are awesome. <laughs> That's good. There's a, there's a, there's a local cafe here that opened uh, one block down from Starbucks. And um, on the opening day, a bunch of people just came in like three or four clients all together. And uh, some of one of them had a, big uh, venti filter coffee and as he was making the other uh cafes the other drinks like uh i don't know espresso based uh, milk drinks and all that stuff um he looked at the other person and was like what you drinking there it's like oh just black filter give me your coffee and just threw it away and filled it with new filter and said if you don't like it i'll just refund you no problem but you know, here's a coffee and that client has been coming in every day. So it's uh, a move. <laughs> that's a big, bold move there. That is the move. I'm feeling uh, it. Um, I feel like you and uh, Chris Baca, your business partner, who also uh, are hosting the Cat and Cloud Coffee podcast, are very genuine about sharing uh, everything you guys go through. So now mm. this situation that a lot of coffee roasters, a lot of entrepreneurs everywhere in the world are facing, uh, but also... Uh, I believe it's last year when you were facing that lawsuit against uh, Caterpillar who wanted to uh, actually trademark, <laughs> trademark a cat, uh, which was completely fucking stupid. Um, and I know your, um, your, uh, your way to success, uh, and I'm always putting success, quote unquote, sure. uh, has been, um, I don't want to say bumpy. I'm probably lost in translation there, but not always easy. Sure. Uh, but I feel like you guys are always sharing that content, always smiling through it, uh, even though it's tough for everyone. Am I mistaken there? No, I think, I think you're dead on. I mean, I just think I expect imperfection, right? 
for me, it's like in, in terms of being an opportunist, all I want is betterment. So I don't need perfect execution every time. I need it to be better than the last time. And I, I guess I liken that as probably why I like CrossFit. That's probably like exercise in general. The first time I went to CrossFit, my best was the worst in the gym, quote unquote, right? But yeah. my buddy, my buddy Pat Barber, um, who is old school famous in CrossFit, people call him Animal. I already told you who's my favorite CrossFitter ever. Yeah. So like Um, what he told me before, and he tried to convince me to do CrossFit for like five years before I finally did. he said, look, dude, just be the same amount tired as the most fit person in the gym. And you've done the same amount of work, you know, for yourself, you've done it right. And because of that, I was like, oh, cool. And then I could let that expectation go. You know, I was like, cool. Everybody, girls, boys, uh, younger people, older people, all of them better than me the first time in terms of actual time and weight and everything. I'm like, all right, cool. But I'm just as tired as they are. So uh, let's see what happens. Yeah. And um, I just experienced that and believe that to be the case in business. If you have your just cause and your reasons behind the way you do things, I don't need it to be perfect coming out the gate. And I don't think we should make people believe it should be perfect because it makes people feel an unnecessary amount of stress and starting and living in business. They look at all these other companies who are just fake in that they only show you the best of the best of the best. And I just don't think that allows you to feel really connected. So for me, that's, that's why we do it. And no, nothing's perfect. I don't think any, any company that is successful has the same training systems that they had when they started or the same anything that they had when they started. They just got better. And so for me, I'd rather share that process so that people can feel inspired to keep going than to pretend like it's perfect and only show them this curated fake response. And it That's works. Why. It works actually. The, the way I came in knowing uh, Jared Truby was through your podcast because I was launching my coffee roasting business and I liked that you guys had this, um, this let me say, vulnerable, uh, very truthful uh, content that you were putting out. And it helped me in many, many ways of, um, you know, deciding some moves or being confident in what we're doing and um yeah actually it works and i know some other coffee roasters would take example on you guys you guys are seasoned veteran as well uh what what brought you into coffee i mean let's share to to people yeah. uh did you grow up uh you wanted to be a barista is that it or? Uh, i grew up i wanted i wanted to design amusement parks and create experiences for people kind of those those crazy things where you could like tangibly like get into something and like touch it and kinesthetically like live in it and i really enjoyed food but really i got into coffee before i decided i wanted to be a barista my dad would was always into coffee before it was, you know, a thing. I remember when Starbucks finally came to the United States, we'd go there and he would just buy the different kinds of coffee, right? This is Kenya, this is Guatemala, this is whatever. And he'd brew them and then we'd taste them and he would try to compare them, you know, in our limited knowledge. And then he started a little specialty foods Italian joint that had an espresso machine and he ended up getting Delano's coffee and they came down and just like showed him how to do a lever pull and they're out of Seattle. Yeah. And um, at that point, the next level of integration was like, okay, when you, when you like pull down this lever, you count to three and you release it. And if it doesn't come out before six seconds, then you, you're going to have a good coffee. And so that was like the next level plus, <laughs> you know, three or four different options, Guat, Kenya. I remember him always talking about Kenya, double A, Tanzania, Peaberry. 
uh, Guatemala, strictly high grown. And I think we might've had like a, a Sumatran like everybody did. So yeah, I started like caring about coffee a lot and he and I would watch cooking shows. So there was just like this culinary connection to tasting, eating, making, you know, you're like you're creating something. And I thought that was badass. Um, but I never, you know, like I barely worked for him and I was still doing college. And then that place went out of business because my dad's not necessarily a businessman so much as he was like a explorer. And I got a job. I left a movie theater job and took this job at the best coffee shop across the street. And they asked us to take a test to learn about the history of coffee, things like, you know, each plant produces about a pound a year and some of that stuff. And they're like, if you don't pass this test with 90% or above, you don't get to work here. And I was like, oh, challenge accepted, bitches. I'm going to get 100% on this, you know? And that was kind of where it started. So I, I got in and then I had the pride of like, okay, well, I know more than most people about coffee in my town. And then they taught microphones. This is before latte art in my town. And so it was like, okay, cool. We had that phone that looked like, you know, wet paint. And I got really good at that. And then I was good at guest services. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'm making good tips. I'm having a good time with this. And then we went to a barista competition. And at that time, we had been the best coffee company in Chico, where I grew up, Chico, California. It's like uh, north of Sacramento, an hour and a half or so. And I get to the barista competition. And the first question they ask before I perform is like, hey, what's the hardest thing about being a barista? And I'm I just, I didn't even know how to answer because I was the best in my town. I was like, nothing. And I was like, somebody in the crowd was all, boo, and they booed me. And I was so naive. I just was like, I genuinely don't know what you guys are talking about. And I got last place and proceeded to realize, oh, there's roasting. There's all I had no idea about on that level. And that was the beginning. And then we were hooked. Yeah, the first thing you realize in coffee is that you actually don't know anything about this whole world, which is so complex. And people never realize how complex it is because I guess that, I don't know, the first stories they've been told are about Starbucks or Blue Bottle, that they would roast coffee out of their uh, kitchen, you know, a yeah. kitchen oven. So people think that it's, it's an easy process and uh, now it's an industry that's getting sexier and sexier. Mm -hmm. uh, and people want to get in and I'm like, guys, you, you have no idea how complex it is. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's a, it's a complete parallel world we're living in. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if you know this, but some people do, but at that time I was competing with, um, who's now one of the two owners of Verve coffee, uh, the co-founder. So at that time, um, Colby Barr had bought the coffee shop that I was at and we went to this competition and got last place together. And he realized when he, he realized through that process, he had signed a contract to use the kind of coffee that we were already using for 10 years. And he's like, uh-oh, it's not good. <laughs> This isn't good coffee. And so that was the beginning of like, how can he pursue It was at that coffee? moment that he realized he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it was like, rut row. <laughs> so he had to, you know, he partnered up with Ryan and then invited me to come and start Verve. And so he like, continued to own that shop for a bit until he sold it, but like fully just left it behind and then went and started Verve Coffee in Santa Cruz. And that's how my coffee journey really went to the next level is, you know, through the process of learning. And I got better from like, that was 2005. So I went from like last place to like seventh place to uh, basically fifth, third, whatever, fifth, fourth, third winner. And it's something of the sort. And that's a, 
that was the progression of that whole deal. And now I'm in coffee. <laughs> and at what point? Yeah, you were you were at Verve, which is still, uh, again, one of the example of the third wave um, coffee movement, let's call it this way, mm -hmm. um, in Northern California, worldwide also. Yeah. Pretty, pretty legit coffee there. Um, at what point did you have the calling of saying, you know, so you wanted to create amusement parks. Yeah. So basically, um, being an entrepreneur now and in coffee. And uh, I know you guys have the mission. I want you to say it in the right words, but I know you guys have the mission of every single person that enters your shops to actually leave with a smile on their face and making their day better. Uh, when did you have that calling that you wanted to create that and say, I'm going to leave my successful career at Verve and start my own things with, uh, with Chris, actually? Yeah. So that actually, the thing about that is that is just kind of who I am. So when we started Verve, it was like the only specialty coffee in Santa Cruz. So everybody was hating on the idea of expensive coffee. And I was like, okay, well, these people, if, if I'm authentic and real and I can give them an amazing experience that they remember, including the way the coffee tastes, then they, it might take two or three times, but eventually I'm going to switch their mindset and they're going to start going, oh, this is better. Better because I have great service there, better because the quality's there. It's actually worth the $3 versus the $120 I was paying or whatever. There's a heart in my coffee. There's a heart. There's, a, there's totally all of that, right? Oh, wow. It's for me. You made this for me. And so that was there. And that was, I'd say one of the reasons that Verve became successful is we took a really, really formative stance on service and, and people interaction and the experience. At that time, we were French pressing everything. So everybody felt like the connection, they hadn't seen that in Santa Cruz. So it was just like, oh, it's so fresh. It's just, so I took that and then I was there for seven years and I just watched and I learned and I saw that what is true is that if you have amazing people putting out an amazing product and really connecting on a human level that it works. And I think that works anywhere. I don't, I think that is like transparent, transferable to food or whatever, anything. So what happened then is just, I believed in that and Verve was growing and that was cool and really exciting. And then all that happened is they wanted to bring in a bunch of people from the outside and to help expand it right to LA to Tokyo and all these places. And when that happened, and they didn't do it utilizing the people like myself to help as much as they could have. It just made it feel different. And then there was a lot of compromising on that. It was like, Hey, how are you going to give this experience when we do 40 stores over the next 10 years? And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to be able to. And they're like, well, that's what we have to do. And I'm just like, I'm already set up to fail. If you want me to try to make that happen as a single singular human, even there's just no way, you know? So it was kind of the beginning of the end is more what that was. And so in learning and watching and seeing the things that worked and the things that didn't work, I just kind of took, uh, and Chris and I had had all these conversations and Charles Jack who had worked there too. We were just talking about, you can do the same thing. You can just do it differently and you still can grow and have a huge global impact. And you don't have to do it in such a way where you bring just people from the outside and do it. You can do it from the inside out. And mm -hmm. it was just kind of, how can we build a holistic business where 
we can make it fun, we can be true to ourselves, and we can go out and, for me, provide these creative, happy, memorable experiences that leave you remembering, wow, that tasted good, that felt good, they made me feel good, and I'm just in a better place because I went in there. And even if all that is, is like, they, they confuse me in such a way where I'm thinking about it, but it was interesting. That counts to me, you know, it's just a good. Yeah. Idea. And I actually, my, my co-host who couldn't be there uh, on this week's episode is Michelle Latton that you probably know from CrossFit. And uh, Michelle actually suggested that our podcast would be named Nankuru Naisa, which is a, a Japanese saying that when you put your energy at the right place, Uh, everything's going to be okay in the end, which is probably right with the worldwide situation that we have now. But when I look at your, um, your career path, your life, when I look at everything you're doing, it feels like this, like you wanted to make people uh, smile more. You wanted to bring an experience to them. Um, and now when you look at Cat and Cloud, it looks like a very Californian uh, business way of life. Kind of like, Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, that shit's gnarly. Let's do it. You know, we're gonna put a fucking cat and a cloud together. We're gonna roast coffee and open shops and make people smiles. And next thing you know is that you no, know, these guys actually, your coffee is delicious. Thank I've you. Tasted multiple times. Tommy Marquez, bring me some. Uh, oh, uh, Kelly and Lance and all of my friends, they, they know that if they come to Montreal, they're going to bring the cat and cloud. And uh, yeah, so your coffee is delicious. The branding is on point. Um, so everything that you guys seem to touch is uh, turned to gold. Your podcast, I mean, the production is great. You guys are great hosts. Um, Did you guys have a plan to do that? Or you feel like, no, we're just on our X. So we're, we're, we're doing our things. Uh, you know what I mean there? Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, we, mean, we, so we just have our energy at the right place. And that's what makes us successful. We work our asses off for something we love. For sure. I think the intentionality behind all of it, for me, I can, I can speak, you know, I'm, I'm not speaking for Chris, but I, I believe same thing. Like, Our intention in thinking about it beforehand is totally helpful, but I am right there with you. Like, I just believe that when I, and like speaking for me, right, when I go out to pursue a business like this, if I, as a human being, do put forth the effort to do something that is bigger and better than myself that's supposed to help other people, then that energy will be rewarded for sure. Just like you said, I really like that saying. I wish I could say it, but it's Japanese and I won't do it. But <laughs> I'm like, that, that's dead on. Like for me, I'm very much like, I'm not afraid to risk it because I know that like, I truly believe that my heart is in the right place. I don't, like I said, I don't have to get it right. But when I do make decisions and when I do think about things and making moves, whether it's knocking down doors or something really thought out and perfect, what I do know is that I'm thinking about other people than myself. I'm not trying to do it. So Jared Truby wins. I'm trying to do it so that our company wins, like people get better. And that's a big deal. Oh, look, I'm oh, sorry. I was like, who's outside? Sorry. I was looking out my window. So somebody <laughs> was walking up to my door and I was like, Oh, it's my landlord. I was like, who the hell am I about to go fight right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's drop the gloves. Yeah. Let's just bring the heat. So anyway, I just believe that that when you do that, 
that's where you don't have to be perfect. You just have to show up authentically and with love and like acceptance and the ability to adapt and maneuver through that. And then whatever that path looks like ultimately is going in the right direction. So that's where I, that's where that comes from. And I mean, you're also a CrossFitter. You're a dad. You're a husband, a podcast host, entrepreneur, barista. I mean, is that how you approach everything you're doing? I think yes. I know yes. Yes, I do. I do. I um, I mean, there is there are some like core principles, right? And it's like personal health and growth needs to happen, right? Whether it's uh, it's all of it. It's mental. It's spiritual. It's physical. It's all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It, needs to, it needs to all grow together. So I'm obviously going to have places where I'm better than others at that. Cause I'm a human. I'm not going to be like a perfectly rounded person, although I'd be sick, but yes, I do. <laughs> I do approach it. Uh, the world in that way where just behind like taking, if I can take care of myself well, then I can take care of other people. Well, I guess is the philosophy. I always say if the lifeguard drowns, so does everybody else. And I believe is if you're going to be a leader, it's absolutely true. You're, you're a lifeguard in yeah. that way. And yeah. so you have to be able to show up oftentimes when it's inconvenient for you to show up as a leader to help other people be better. And so I need to be my best um, healthy self to do that. And I think that's also a reason why people will trust me and believe in me and help move this world forward with me. And it seems to, you know, come to light in that conversation that, I mean, yes, you know, you're approaching every, we talked about your challenges, what, what you guys had to go uh, through in the past years, right now, past year as well. I mean, fighting Caterpillar in court, uh, it took balls. I mean, a lot of people could have folded, but you did it. And uh, it actually turned it out in such a funny way of, I remember even myself, you know, seeing Caterpillar's big giant machinery and just, tagging you on Instagram <laughs> and all that stuff. So it was a pretty funny thing. But I mean, do you, of course, we all have these moments where we, I, I say all, but I know some entrepreneurs that don't have them. Are you part of these people, these, I'll call them these freaks, these absolute psychos who never have doubt in what they're doing? They're like, nope, we're doing this. Let's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a challenge. Let's roll up our sleeves and, uh, you know, uh, game on. The, the, the same way that you approach the first test uh, in your first coffee shop, it's like, okay, challenge accepted, bitch. I'll do it. <laughs> it is a, I, I would say that's actually a super awesome question because it's not, it's like a yes, but it's not that cut and dry. Like I am about that. Like, oh, this is what's possible. I can do that. I'll figure out how to do that. And I am a big believer in like, with the right amount of time and attention and thinking, like I can figure anything out. We can figure anything out. The human race can. So in that way, yes, I'm a freak. I actually believe in my ideas and the ability for them to help others more than I like, uh, I'm more, what's the word? I'm more self-conscious about myself personally than I am about my ideas. It's, uh, for instance, like, man, I would have, I have a hard time when people are like, you, Jared Truby did this thing and this thing and this thing, and you made it work for the company. And for some reason I'm like, Oh, did I, or did I just like have a great idea and bring the right people around me? And, and that's like the part where I still suffer from insecurity, uh, Mm -hmm. whether that's clear or not, that's different than me being like, you know what? I still believe that this idea helps 
you know, 90% of our company, even if it's crazy. So I'm going to go head first into that. I don't really care if it fails because I know it's for the best. So I do live in attention all the time because maybe it's because I want people to, to care about me and like me. And I don't want people to misunderstand that. Like, I believe that going through those hard things and pushing for the betterment is worth it. And a lot of times people don't want to go through hardships to go to get to better places. And so I, maybe I'm a unique freak like that. And because of that, I do um, sometimes like bulldoze forward and maybe leave people behind for better or worse, probably both at some times. So I'd say my, my strength is also an Achilles heel. If yeah. I'm checked. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword. And uh, I mean, I say freak and, and it's, a, of course it's in a good way. I mean, there's a lot I of, like it. There's a lot of people I saw, like one of my friends, uh, the, the guy's super known, Mark Fit, and mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I spoke with him about the anxiety, you know, the entrepreneur anxiety. May it be professionally or personally, I think that when you're an entrepreneur, that my theory was that you're going to suffer from anxiety in a way or not. And he looked at me straight up in the eyes and said, what the hell are you talking about? I never leave these things. I, I don't know. No. There's the same way that you're saying like, no, everything's possible, man. We can achieve this. We're going to do that. And this, and truly I've known this guy even before he, before Instagram, before all of these things, he was just a kid training with us at the gym. And I know he's right in what he's saying. So when I say there's a few freaks like that, that I know, I actually look up, uh, look up to you guys a lot because I appreciate that. It's a, I think it's a way, even if professionally I'm, I'm that kind of bulldozer sometimes. No, we're going to do it. Yeah, we're not ready. Yeah, well, we'll be. I don't care. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. But sometimes, you know, there's in these moments, maybe, I don't know, once every two weeks or, oh my God, okay. Uh, are, are we on the good path? Are we, you know, rethinking everything and having these insecurities and second thoughts and all that stuff, you know? Uh-huh. No, I'm with you. It's, I guess the weird part is I don't have second thoughts. What I, I guess what I would say is that I want people, you can't appease everyone. And I try one of the gifts that's also hard for me to live with is that I really try my best to help everybody to win whatever they all care about and believe in. I was like, as long, how can I fit this into our future? And sometimes you can't do that. And so ultimately you leave somebody mm-hmm. out of, of a progression in some capacity so for me, that's where I start to struggle is I'm like, man, I let them down. And, and I don't think that's the right mindset. I don't think I did let anybody down. I think I did a, the best with what I had and I'm a human being and I don't have to be perfect, but that's yeah. my current learning lesson. Totally. And making mistakes in business. And I mean, my, my business partner, Jesse, who's also the coffee director, roaster, the guy, I mean, he's basically my work wife, the, the, best, the best partner I could ever ask for. We're totally different like the yin and the yang and whatever we're two different people but we work as a great team together and when he makes i know when he makes a mistake he gets so angry because he he's putting so much pressure on himself and i'm just laughing and he's like why are you laughing this is not funny well we learn bro i mean uh, we're gonna grow we're not gonna, i know that if you're that frustrated we're not gonna make that mistake again so it's, uh, you know, it costs us how much? Like two, three, four, five hundred dollars to actually make a mistake. We learned about it. And uh, in three years, we'll laugh about it for sure. That's such a good perspective, man. You're, you're definitely on one when you got that perspective. It's so good. 
wow, you know, you gotta, I'm, I'm, I'm being severe on myself in many, many other areas, but these mistakes, it's, uh, uh, I mean, it's funny because this is part of my coffee journey, quote unquote. I'm not that hard on myself as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. If I would make one mistake when I'm emceeing a CrossFit event, like I did one mistake at Waterpalooza on Thursday night. I still had three other days. And the only thing I remember from the four days is that, that only mistake. mistake I made. Every time. Dude. <laughs> um, what was the oh, other loser. question? Yeah, you're like, hey, what a loser. Yeah, how did you like Waterpalooza? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. But fuck, that mistake was hard. It's uh, <laughs> That's so tough, dude. <laughs> do do you see a lot? Think. Yeah, you, uh, you and I are, you know, CrossFitters, part of that community as well, uh, the coffee community. Do you see a lot of resemblance in both worlds, in both communities? You know, I'd say... I think CrossFit's actually more open than coffee at this point, in my opinion. Uh, I think that the idea behind coffee in the coffee community is that it's the place where like, it's a great equalizer in that a cafe, you can come and you can be rich, poor, you know, any uh, ethnicity, any status and intermingle. And I think that's the idea of the cafe and the coffee culture but I don't think it's quite as open as it says it is, but I do actually think that CrossFit is, I think that at least in my experience, CrossFit is very much that. And while there's always competitive individuals, I would say the ethos of it, at least in the the boxes and gyms I've gone to has been, you know, the better ones, especially with the coaching, like show up and, and you can be here and do your best. And even when the coaching's not bad, I think that ethos is still there and I appreciate it. So I would say I have found, um, and I've, I've surfed like way less because the culture of surfing is at least in Santa Cruz, like way less accepting. And just for the fun of it, it's a lot of competition and seriousness and just like, just people who <laughs> it are seems grumpy. like it. Yeah. It seems like it, like a very, sur- like, yeah, you're in California, dude. And we're surfing here, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> get over yourselves california <laughs> it seems like this but i mean the values of both worlds are actually to make people's lives and days better and actually that's what makes me uh like being in you know in in this uh, world right now where we're you know jesse and i are going like you said uh, we're uh sanitizing everything put gloves mask and you know, preparing people's orders and sending them out. And some people actually are supporting our company by ordering our, co- our coffee and, you know, giving us testimonials of how much they're happy having our beans at home and that comforts them. And, you know, it's the same thing about your CrossFit box, right? You go there for having the best hour of your day. And that's what touched me so much for me. It's, I mean, I would have five orders a week and if they all leave us that mark i would be super happy you know yeah. I'd, be, i'd be very poor and i don't think i'd be in business in three years but i would be super happy anyway you know, it's- <laughs> right because <laughs> you care yeah of course i like i do like how the the coffee community and they're, they're like the, the crossfit community kind of intermesh in their own way or like beginning to more and more you know like i got to meet even though they're not specifically crossfit as much anymore like um Tate Fletcher and Lacey from Caveman who used to be deep cut, you know, CrossFit. And then, um, uh, I was just talking, well, I've seen and talked to a bunch of relatively, you know, cause Santa Cruz is where it all started, but 
you know, like I got to train back in the day, Brooke Entz to make coffee because she worked at Verve before she did CrossFit. She was, I didn't like, know that about Brooke. Oh dog. Yeah. Brooke was a barista. And oh, during that time she started getting interested in CrossFit. And then by the time she was done, she had started like doing pretty well in the open and getting, she's all, I think I'm going to pursue CrossFit as a career. And at that time, I'm all, what? Okay, man. <laughs> um, so that was funny. And then I was at the second CrossFit games with Verve in Aromas. Still same thing. Like, I don't even know what this is. Like, it's 108 degrees out here. Nobody wants my hot coffee at all. And oh I'm just sitting God. here watching people lift weights who I have no idea who they were at the time. Just weird stuff like that. And then, you know, like now, like, I'm, you know, I'm friends with all these weird people. And I never got released, but I was on, um, I was on Sherwood and, and Rory's uh, podcast back when they had it. And their recording didn't come out. But, man, it was such a good conversation we had together because Sherwood's so interesting to talk to. And Oh, my God, he is. And he's such a, a resource. I don't know if you, if you heard the podcast with him, Tommy, and Sean, uh, the three of them. It's the only time they actually had Pat on their podcast. It's fascinating, the, the things yeah. they're saying. And, you know, Sean telling them for the first time, yeah, the first, the first day I, I went to shoot the CrossFit game <laughs> update show with you i came back to my wife and i was like these guys have no fucking idea what they're doing and they <laughs> they they grew from that and you see right now you know uh tommy Tom, tommy could be a journalist in mm -hmm. any sport right now cover any sport in the world he's um he's grown so much since the time uh, we f we first saw him on the the update show and uh, i mean same thing for sean i mean when, when sean came in um he actually brought a level of professionalism that's that's pretty crazy yeah and that stuff's really cool in fact weirdly enough rory hit me up yesterday he's doing some sort of i don't know how it's going to work but i guess throwing eggs into some coffee stuff and he wanted to ask me some questions so that'll be a fun thing to connect with i don't know what that means but doesn't doesn't rich froning have his coffee company now like maybe, with, with uh uh what's his face the um, southern california guy uh, josh bridges with bridges yeah, yeah the and, three Three Is guys. Blair three one of them dudes? too? Dan Blair? Uh, Blair Morrison? The, yeah, Dan Blair? Dan, Dan Bailey? Dan Bailey. Weird. Yeah, yeah. Three dudes, coffee. Something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I'll, what it is at all, but Rory's all, hey, I'm just like exploring some stuff. And it probably is just, he might just ask me some questions about coffee to like, you know, be a bridge. But I'm like, ha, I'm bridge to bridges. We'll see. I don't know. I'm excited <laughs> to call him though and see what happens. All right. Well, uh, thank you for your time. I course, mean, dude. It's, been, uh, it's been real um and good luck for the the, the rest of this uh covid 19 crisis i don't know how the situation's unfolding right now in california if you guys uh, can go back to and i'll put the big quote on this regular yeah. lifestyle um here it seems like in the next week or two things are going to start to reopen uh respecting the social distancing all that stuff but um i think that we can uh, actually uh start seeing some people again which is uh, which is wow. a good thing i think we're still a month or so off but we'll see yeah with california i mean you guys have the weather <laughs> at least and uh good luck with uh also having your kids with you which might might be another full-time totally. job right there. <laughs> i'll just be looking forward to seeing you at the next uh at the next sca expo or maybe one of these sick uh waterpalooza -y things or something <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I was actually going to make my way to California um, 
southern part of it at the West Coast Classic to be emceeing it mm-hmm. just right when they canceled uh, a week before. But I'm planning a trip to California. I don't. I mean, I'm planning. Like I Someday. said, nothing, nothing yeah. in the confirmed, but something uh, between September and October. So uh, we'll definitely stop by Cat and Cloud and have uh, have a few coffees together. Yeah, let's get it. Thanks, Jared. Thank you for your time. Yeah, man. Yeah, take care, dude. Have a good day. You too. Peace. Peace. Thanks, man.